Welcome. Welcome in to Sports Talk Chicago. All gas, no brakes. If you're looking for the same old sports talk, get out. You've come to the wrong place. Hey, we ain't come this far just to come this far, you hear me? I tell you what I see, I tell you the truth. We going hard today. We're fearless, bold, and highly opinionated. This here show. This show is so hot right now. The biggest guests, the hottest takes, and the best interviews live right here. Do you actually remind me of Dan Patrick? Because you ask great questions, you have the knack, you have the gift. On Sports Talk Chicago. Yo, Chicago. Here's your host. The guy's an absolute stud. John Zagul. The Bears have added to their offensive line and... Talking about Darnell Wright, Sports Talk Chicago. Here with John Zagul. Great to have you all here with us on this beautiful evening. The Bears have a new offensive lineman, Roy Embedica. He's come over from the Giants. He's a national player from Nigeria. Guess what? He may actually help out the Bears' offensive line more than somebody like Darnell Wright or other players on this roster. Embedica is a freak of nature. 6'8", 320 pounds, an undrafted signee from Ryan Poles. And here's a quote from a scout about Embedica. Cody is big, strong, physical, extremely intelligent, very athletic. He's built to play offensive tackle in the league. In fact, reminds me quite a bit of a former Giants teammate and Kareem McKenzie. He has the same temperament. He's very smart, but he's a very athletic player. Roy Embedica is now a Chicago Bear, and he will be given an opportunity to compete on the offensive line and maybe even start come week one for Ryan Poles. Ryan Poles likely understands uh, what he's getting. Embedek is a great athlete with plenty of upside. A guy with such big peripherals, 320 pounds, six foot eight. Somebody who has not played an NFL snap on the Giants' active roster and practice squad last year, but didn't really get an opportunity. So Ryan Poles snipes in, gets him for a minimal deal, and now has a chance to turn him into who he wants. According to this scouting report from SportsMockery.com, he has a lot of technical issues which is part of the reason why he didn't get a chance to play much last year. Uh, His pass protection needs tons of work, and like many taller tackles, he struggles with keeping his pad level down, also has to work on his temperament, and plays a little bit too passive. Uh, My take on the signing is this. You have absolutely nothing to lose if you're the Bears and Ryan Poles here. Nothing. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? This is some undrafted free agent in which you have very little money and resources invested in. This isn't Darnell Wright. Everyone's going to be focused on Darnell Wright, wondering how good he's going to be and wondering whether or not Ryan Poles missed the boat or actually hit it big with somebody like him in that first round pick. This is a way different situation. Little resources, little money, little fanfare. Really, this is a very small report, and then it could turn into a big, big investment and a big-time situation for Ryan Poles and company. Embedica is a freak of nature. He has the stature and according to some, has the attitude to really play offensive line ball in the NFL. Why he didn't play much last year is somewhat unknown. We, we see some technical issues here, but at the end of the day, the question is, will he get an opportunity with the Bears? Well, Braxton Jones isn't holding on to his spot too well. There were a lot of you who came on with us after we did our uh, NFL draft show and talked about what the Bears still need. A lot of you said, why is Braxton Jones at this point still having an opportunity to start? after a tougher rookie year. Well, this could be a situation in which Embedica takes over. Jack Sanborn was undrafted. He was starting linebacker last year, led the Bears in tackles in the second half of the season, and this year, deservedly so, is going to be starting at the linebacker position again. Who's to say Embedica can't do the same thing and rise up from the bottom to the top? 
Don't you love those stories? I know I do. It's exciting to see somebody with little fanfare, somebody whom no one's really talking about, get this opportunity and get, a, and get a chance to succeed. Training camp's going to mean everything for Embedek, and my guess is he's going to get a lot of snaps in training camp and a lot of snaps in the preseason. Might be two games, but we might see him on the field at all times. I always go back to this when people tell me who cares about undrafted signings. There's a reason why somebody signed in football. Whether you're a first-round pick, whether you're an undrafted free agent signing who might be on the practice squad for the rest of his career, there's a reason why you were signed. You don't just get signed and picked up. Very rarely does that happen. Unless you know somebody or you're the kid of a, uh, kid of a coach, something along those lines. But usually, there's a reason why you're signed. There's a reason why you're brought in. The Bears need offensive line depth, no matter what. Even if Embedica doesn't play and sits on the practice squad all year in Lake Forest, he may get called up eventually. May get an opportunity to play. Maybe somebody gets hurt. Maybe there's poor performance. And he needs to come on in and clean up the mess that's been left over from Braxton Jones. <laughs> you never know. It's always smart, no matter what, to line your pockets with extra of something. The Bears have enough money to spend, and this is not a break-the-bank signing at all. There's an opportunity here to get an insurance policy and yet have somebody who's essentially a rookie. He may not be a rookie in the NFL's eyes. He was on the Giants roster all year last year, played in the preseason, but he's never played a real in-game snap yet. Not once. And guess what? The Bears haven't eaten the offensive line. And if the Bears are going to do this right, which I think they will, and they play it based on merit during training camp, he may end up getting a spot. He's been gifted an opportunity from Ryan Poles. Now it's up to him to earn it. That's exciting. It's going to be fun to watch, and it's always one of those moments where you're like, I knew him when. We are covering this signing today in early May, and Benica could be a superstar by November. Never know. I will say this. According to the scouting report, and according to what I've seen, has the athleticism, has the raw talent, maybe not polished talent, but certainly raw talent. He knows how to play football. He knows how to block. Freak in nature. Some NFL experience, albeit practice squad and preseason, but he's been on an NFL roster. And what do you have to lose? Even if you play him week four, week five with Braxton Jones, have him replace Braxton Jones, what do you have to lose? What, what, what's the worst that's going to happen? Okay, he gives up 20 sacks or something, and you, you bench him again. There is little money invested in him. Little to none. There's no fanfare. There's no excitement. There's nothing. It's a blip on the radar to most people. And yet, he could turn into, potentially, a full-time starter on this team. I've always knocked the Bears in the past for having such a mishmashed offensive line, an offensive line that had so many non-top prospects, and that's why it was so bad. Well, Here's a case where you don't have to be a top prospect to get an opportunity to succeed. Don't know Wright's going to get all the opportunities in the world, rightfully so. And if he doesn't hit, it's going to be a big failure for Ryan Poles. Somebody like Embedica, it's going to be completely different. He may not get as many given opportunities because there's no fanfare around him. But if he can earn a spot, he'll be there for life for as long as his NFL career lasts. The Bears are so offensive line hungry that they need this. They do. 
even as a piece of depth, even if he never sees the field, it's exciting and it's necessary for them. They need somebody there in the background to at least get Braxton Jones a little bit worried, a little bit scared, or anybody else for that matter. Darn all right, even, theoretically. Maybe right turns into a bus and you have Embedica right there. Whatever the case may be, there's a reason why the Bears acquired him. There's a reason why Ryan Pulse said, from the beginning, we're going to build through the trenches. He's doing just that. I love the investment in offensive line. May not be big, may not be exciting or glamorous to many people, but this is such a low-budget, under-the-radar signing that could turn into something really huge. And no one's talking about it. This offensive line is so starved for talent. And we've talked about it for years and years. If you followed the Bears from Rex Grossman, Jake Cutler, to now, it's Trubisky. Now Justin Fields, getting sacked seven times in his debut. There's always been a need for offensive line help. And the Bears, for some reason, have never gotten it right. It's always been random guys, plug and play, one year here, one year there, a couple of draft picks who never work out. This year specifically, there's been a clear focus on offensive line help. Darnell Wright sent a message right away. The Bears move back. They don't take Jalen Carter. They pick up Darnell Wright, who did not allow a sack and only allowed eight pressures during the college season in 2022. And even this signing, Usually when you see undrafted signings, it's a running back, wide receiver, somebody who you know is probably never going to play. This is an offensive lineman who's 6'8", 330 pounds. This is somebody who's been on an NFL roster before, was international intrigue, not just national intrigue, international intrigue, and who has the opportunity, if he plays his cards right and works hard and impresses people, to actually get time to play. There's a lot more to this signing than what... It looks to be. Everybody else, uh, some undrafted guy, who cares? Move on to the next player. What do OTA start? I'm saying we should at least consider what he may bring to the table. And if I'm wrong, look like an idiot, fine. But you know what? I'd rather be a little bit more optimistic knowing this is a huge offensive line man who has some experience Huge signing, and he could make waves for the Bears in 2023. That's something that we all ought to think about when we look at this signing for the Bears. The Bears just signed one of the best kickers in NCAA history, and he's going to replace Cairo Santos. Sports Talk Chicago here with John Zaglul. Subscribe to the channel for more Bears content. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Help out our sponsor, Amish Country Farms, for the best Amish food in all of Chicagoland. Hit them up today in Orland Park. Yes, it's true. Andre Smith is now a Chicago Bear. The undrafted free agent signee is expected to compete with Cairo Santos. I asked for this weeks ago on the live stream. Cairo Santos is officially on the hit list, and I could not be more excited. Not because I hate the guy, not because I want something to happen to him, for him to be out of a job. I am sick of missed extra points. And somebody like Andre Smith, by the way, who missed four in four years in college, won't be doing any of that. Andre Smith, former soccer player, actually has the sixth most field goals made in NCAA history. How about that for a statistic that nobody talked about? Real question is this, why was he undrafted? How did somebody like this go undrafted? I'm not saying you draft him first round like Sebastian Janikowski, 
But how could someone like this not find a team during the draft? This is probably going to be one of the greatest steals in undrafted free agent history. And I'll say that right now. That's not a hot take or anything. Based on his credentials in college, what he brings to the table in the future, and the opportunity that presents itself in the NFL with the Bears. Actually, he couldn't have signed with a better team right now. The Bears are, under the table, going through a kicking crisis. This is not news to anybody. Cairo Santos missed too many extra points last year. Cairo Santos is getting older. It's no secret. He's not what we once was. And how do you miss five extra points? How do you have an 84% extra point make percentage in the NFL? I don't care if you're kicking from 38 yards away instead of 20. How do you have 84% from extra point range? By the way, one of the worst numbers of his career, the only time it was worse, was actually during a half-year stint in Los Angeles. He was 5 of 6, then he went to Tampa Bay and went 17 of 17. So this was the worst mark for extra point kicks made, percentage-wise, in Cairo Santos's history in his career in the NFL. The Bears, clearly, as with everybody else, took notice and signed Andre Smith. Spent last year 40 for 40 from extra point range for Syracuse in the ACC. 20 of 26 in field goals, but there is a caveat. Kicked a lot of attempts from plus 50 yards. And in fact, Syracuse trotted him out there many a time beyond 50 yards to see what he could do because he just has the leg. He's a proven clutch kicker with a history of game-winning and late-game field goals, which remember this one. I'm looking at this right here against Liberty. Um, one second left, fourth quarter, won the game on a 36-yard field goal. I remember watching that game live. Drew Smith was on the call over on ESPN. He also won the Lou Graza Award as the best kicker in the nation. In 2018, did it as a redshirt freshman. And this article says here, the Bears have a clear agenda with Smith. <laughs> Next sentence, they want to make Cairo Santos uncomfortable. Yes, deservedly so. You know, I complain about a lot of teams here in Chicago, especially the Bulls, the Bears sometimes, the White Sox too, just settling for mediocrity, just not caring and rewarding people who do not deserve to be rewarded for things. The Bears are like, no. Ryan Poles is in, he's like, no. If you suck, you're going to be on the hot seat, and that's just what's going to happen. I love this move. Oh, my goodness, I love it. 27 of 32, and by the way, there was a time which I'm sure you all remember, as we did the live streams last year, where the Bears did not put Cairo Santos out there because you couldn't make long-term kicks. There was a time where the Bears were punting on a potential 52-yard field goal because they didn't trust Santos to make the kick. That is scary. If you're an NFL team, I don't care if you're tanking or not, you need to have a kicker that you could trust from 52 yards. Maybe not 60, but 50. Am I wrong? Cairo Santos deservedly show he's under fire. He's on the hot seat. And I could not be more happy. Let's get that popcorn out and start watching during training camp because it's going to be a fun competition, no matter what. And Santos may end up winning. And Smith will leave. And he'll probably go to another team and actually get an opportunity. But it'll be fun to see Santos have to sweat it out. He deserves to sweat it out. It's a results-based business. It is. It's a results-based business. You have to perform to keep your job. It's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately sport.
football is, just like baseball is, just like basketball is, even hockey. What have you done for me lately? The Bucs just won a championship. They fired their head coach. Just won a championship two years ago. Great coach, got fired. Same thing here. Ambro Santos oh, had a nice year a couple of years ago, and he saw the Bears kicking problem that stemmed from Cody Parkey to Eddie Pinheiro, who, by the way, is now kicking great in Carolina. Wish he could have done that here. Ambro Santos came in and kind of picked things up, but as it is in the NFL when it comes to kickers, they're a dime a dozen. They come and go. They bounce from team to team. They have a bad team or a bad experience with the team one time, then they go to a different team and they kill it. It happens. There are very few kickers who stay in one spot for many years. I mean, Adam Benatari had a long stint out in Indianapolis. Uh, Stephen Goskowski, long stint in New England. Justin Tucker today. Robbie Gold with the Niners and the Bears. Usually kickers are bouncing around every other year. And there's always an influx of new ones who kick out the old ones, and then they're left with no job. It happens every single year. There are names that I think of right now that are not in the NFL anymore, and I'm like, what happened to them? And they've just been gone. Roberto Aguayo, although he sucked, he was the kicker for Tampa Bay a couple of years ago. He's out. Cody Parkey uh, got a gig after the Bears with the Browns. He's out. Eddie Pinheiro was out of football for a year after the Bears cut him, then the Panthers picked him up. Now he's kicking good. He's staying there. You're always on thin ice if you're a kicker. Because if you don't make that big kick, all the eyes are on you. Maybe it's unfair. Maybe it's not right. But unfortunately, that's the nature of that specific business. you got to make your kicks to stay alive. Justin Tucker does a great job of it, and that's why he's still in Baltimore. Matt Prater does a great job of it, and that's why he still is employed, although he's getting older. Guys who were around for a long time did it because they could make kicks from long distances. Sebastian Janikowski, Adam Vinatieri, Steven Goskowski. If you want to be a kicker for a long time in football, you got to make the big kicks. Matt Bryant, another. Ivo Santos cannot be missing five or six extra points in a season and get to a point with the Bears where they're scared to use him at 50-plus. That's when you know... You're really on thin ice. And, in fact, I would have cut Santos, actually. I don't know why he's even still on the team. Maybe for years of loyalty and service. But, really, at the end of the day, he's going to have his work cut out for him this training camp. You're facing off against a guy who's one of the best kickers in NCAA history. And that's not a lie. That's statistically accurate. Statistically accurate. Sixth all-time ever in NCAA history in field goals made. Third all-time in ACC history in field goals made at 85. 13th all-time in points in NCAA history, 4th all-time in the ACC. Field goal attempts as well, 14th in NCAA history. 85 of 105 in his career. And believe it or not, actually, he had similar numbers according to percentage made as other heavyweights like Robbie Gold and Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker... An 83% conversion rate in college. Robbie Gold was at 64. 81% for Smith. I really think there's an opportunity for him to take over immediately. And better yet, from Lake Forest. Born and raised. Grew up right where the Bears practiced. This 
is such an intriguing situation. Another signing that has not gotten a lot of hype. It's not Darnell Wright. Not a first-round pick, second-round pick, not even a seventh-round pick. Some small, quiet, undrafted signing. And yet, it could turn into a situation in which Cairo Santos is out of a job. We're talking about it now in May, because it will happen. I firmly believe it. The Bears have to go young here. They're rebuilding their team, rebuilding on the fly. They're going to be better next year for sure. The kicker matters in this equation. If you really think you're going to be around 500, you want to compete in two years, are you going to run out a kicker who can't make or who you don't trust making a 50-yard kick? No. Cairo Santos is on thin ice. And Andre Smith could replace him. And my bet is, game one of the season, we're going to see Spin out there making field goals and Cairo Santos watching at home. That might be a prediction, but it should be a reality based on performance, if we're talking performance-based situations. This is not biased against Santos. I'm not trying to rail on Santos. I'm just saying, you're drafting essentially a top-kicking prospect who for some reason didn't get drafted. He's going to get a fair shot, or I would hope he gets a fair shot against Cairo Santos. He'll make the most of it, and Santos might be in trouble. Remember the name Andre Smith, and remember the fact that we talked about him here in May. Come August, September, he could be out in the field game one. So, draft's over. What now? Sports Talk Chicago, here with John's Glue. Subscribe to the channel for more Bears content. Follow us all over the place on social media and on podcasting platforms at Sports Talk Chicago and help out our sponsor, Amish Country Farms. What will the Bears do now? What do they still need? How much money could they spend? And what did Ryan Pulse say after the draft? Ryan Pulse said, you want to fix everything immediately, but it's got to work the right way. The right players got to be there that fit our scheme. They want to be here, so we can't fix everything at a high level in one swoop. When asked about the offensive line and center specifically, he said this, but right now I feel good with Cody Whitehair and Lucas Patrick as leaders and players. They both played that position well in the past. Good one, Brian. I think he's saying that to be more of a PR guy rather than, hey, this is what we're going to do. The Bears actually are in a situation where they could still spend money. They still have $35 million open in cap space. $8 million more than the second team in the NFL, which is Carolina 27. The Bears have money to spend. There are still people out there who they could spend it on. They need edge rushers. They need a center slash offensive line help. Leonard Floyd's out there. Not that that's going to be a reunion per se, but he's out there. Jadavian Clowney's out there. Frank Clark is out there. Trey Flowers, Kyle Van Noy, and Marcus Golden are there as well, all at the edge rusher position. Point being, there are still players available. Free agency has, quote-unquote, really just begun. And the Bears have money to spend still, even after all the spending they've already accrued. All the players they've signed, linebacker, running back, wide receiver, there's still an opportunity to spend more money and address the needs that still befuddle them after the draft. And the two big ones right now have to be edge and offensive line, mainly center. I don't buy Ryan Poles' quote, that Cody Whitehair and Lucas Patrick are going to be the future at that position. Poles, when asked about the defensive end position, said this, quote, camp's a long ways away, we'll stay on our toes, and if something presents itself, we will be able to do that. We'll be able to do it financially as well. 
The Bears still have the most salary cap space available amongst all teams in the entire National Football League. There's going to be another wave of free agency coming in June when teams have to decide whether or not they want to release players, franchise tag them, etc. The point is, believe it or not, although it seems like it's over, the draft is over, the Bears have signed so many people in the first round of free agency, it's not over. And if you have any gripes about this roster, which should be at a minimum right now, they could be addressed by the time week one comes. Not impossible. And the two main gripes right now are center slash offensive line and edge rusher. The Bears did nothing in the draft to address edge rusher. Now, why did they not do anything? Well, they were more focused on offense, mainly the offensive line with Darnell Wright, and then wide receiver, running back in the later rounds, even quarterback as well. Does that mean that there's nothing left for them to do? I say no. I say there's still an opportunity. Based on the players I just read you, there are readily available players out there who know how to play the edge rusher position. Looking at this top free agent list right now, Leonard Floyd's at the top of it. Remember him? The Bears won't get back with him, I don't think, but he's available. And again, Jadavian Clowney and Frank Clark, Trey Flowers, Kyle Van Noy, Marcus Golden, there are quality edge rushers on the market today who the Bears could afford, easily afford, and still add other players that they need. That's exciting. It's not over. Oh, by the way, there are still some receivers out there as well, including Jarvis Landry and Kenny Galladay. I doubt, again, the Bears are going to go after wide receiver, but should that come to pass, the Bears could afford it, and they're readily available. There are still players available. may not be a strong free agent class, but it won't break the bank either. And you could get some value for your buck and still fill positions that you have extreme needs for. I like all these quotes, though, from Ryan Poles, except the center one. I refuse to believe that Cody Whitehair and Lucas Patrick are going to be the guys the Bears go with at center. And if they do, that's going to be the one mistake Ryan Poles makes this offseason. He's done so much good, I don't want to kill him on one mistake. But those two should not be your premier choices at center entering 2023 my opinion. And I think there could be an opportunity to change that. But according to this quote, it seems like the Bears are pretty confident. That's the right word you want to use. If you ask 90% of Bears fans, they'd say the opposite about both those players at center. Poles is not done yet. And we shouldn't be either. There's still an opportunity to talk about free agency and other needs the Bears have. That's why I opened up this video saying... The draft's over, now what? Well, there's still a lot more to track and discuss as free agency and the offseason really just kind of gets underway. There's still a lot of time to go before we get to week one in September. It's May. Three or four months separate us from game one, which means three or four months of opportunities for the Bears to still improve their roster. It's not over. The Bears have money, surprisingly, $8 $8 million more than the next team on that list. There are players readily available who they could sign. It's not over. But no matter what, I have to say, I evaluate Ryan Poles in a very positive light. You're not going to get everything you want as a fan, as a GM, as a coach, as a player, as a team. You're not going to get everything you want all the time. There are going to have to be sacrifices made. 
I really need a wide receiver, but I also kind of need an offensive lineman. I'm going to go with wide receiver first, for example. The Bears knew they needed offensive line help. They knew they needed wide receiver help. Even cornerback help to an extent and running back help. They did all of that in the draft and beforehand with Carolina. They, unfortunately, neglected center and edge rusher. Doesn't mean it's over. Doesn't mean they're idiotic and don't know what they're doing and why are they neglecting this. It just means they prioritized their needs, mapped it out, and made choices and sacrifices. At the end of the day, though, I'm not going to criticize Pauls for anything that he's done yet. Because I'll tell you what, all these moves that we've seen, in my opinion, have been smashing successes. And we'll see what he does still with the money and resources that he has and the needs that he knows about and will publicly acknowledge, like edge rusher defensive line. He didn't acknowledge center, but he certainly acknowledged edge rusher and said there could still be a move and we have the resources financially to make it happen. Something tells me we're going to be making a video in the next couple of months and there will still be signings and moves made before week one. We will see movement still with this roster. It is not set in stone yet. We feel like it is. We feel a sigh of relief. Oh, the draft is over. The beginning of free agency is over. Aaron Rodgers is finally a Jet. I mean, all these things have calmed down and occurred, and they're official. But it's not over. The Bears have a couple of needs still, mainly two. Ryan Poles acknowledged that one of them could be fixed by week one. We have to keep ourselves in our toes and wait and see what he does with the resources and the money that he has available. Thanks for watching today's show here on Sports Talk Chicago. Appreciate all of you tuning in. Remember to subscribe to the channel. We are nearing 20,000 subscribers. Could really use your help. Hit that like button as well. Tell your friends. Follow us all over the place, social media and podcasting platforms at Sports Talk Chicago. And again, help out our great sponsors, Amish Country Farms. Thanks for watching. So long, everyone.